and welcome into another episode of Hockey Mountain High, your go-to avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I am here with my man, Arif Dean, and of course I am JJ Jerez, and I can confirm for all of you guys that we are not catfish. I am a real person. Arif is a real person. My name, my voice sounds like this in real life, and none of the uh, stories that you're hearing out of LA can relate here at the Hockey Mountain High podcast. How, f- how familiar are you with all that, Arif? I, I just came off the NHL COVID protocol list, and I don't know what the hell you're talking about, so please update me. Oh, man. So there's a whole mess of a Lakers podcaster that suddenly turned out to be a a catfish and not even a real person. They were using voice altering technology for this podcast and making her sound like a woman when it might have been a man impersonating a woman and they just, you know, changed the voice up. So that's not the case here at Hockey Mountain High. We are real people. I'm looking at a real person. I've seen you in real life. I've beaten you in tennis. So I I, I knew you were going to go there. You (laughs) piece of crap. I I my voice tends to get a little nasally sometimes when I get super excited, but yeah, no, this is my real voice and we're real people. That's hilarious. I think people have a lot of time on their hands, but it's pretty badass that you could do stuff like that with technology nowadays. Yeah, I mean it's crazy the uh, hoops that they would jump through just to trick some people and I guess have some entertainment. It's not like it's making you any money really or anything, right? I just you're just tricking somebody. It's just a big prank. For no reason. It's, it's literally just for trolling purposes. It's being able to troll for the purpose of knowing, like, I can do this and I'm going to do it just for the hell of it. Yes. Well, uh, here we are. But how, but how funny would it be? I'm sitting here constantly reaching out to fans like, hey, let's meet up at, you know, section 300, whatever, at Ball Arena to meet up. And I show up and I'm like four foot 11 <laughs> and a woman. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, uh, but yeah, we're not here to uh, get into catfishing in the Lakers. We're here to talk some Avs hockey, so thanks for hanging out with us. Um, I hope everybody had a happy 420, of course, all my fellow puffeeds out there. Um, oh, Lord. Let's get into uh, the COVID <laughs> protocol, right? We got a lot of, uh, not a lot of hockey going on. We were hoping to have been here to discuss the LA King series. Right now, the Avs are supposed to be playing the St. Louis Blues, so... Like you said, you know, you made a little joke to, towards COVID protocol. I spent the weekend up in Blackhawk, so I might actually put myself in COVID protocol right now in quarantine because there were no rules up there. There's thousands of people gambling Ooh, on sports. Boy. It was crazy. Of course, you had to wear the mask and everything, but, you know, people... I mean, but, like, what kind of mask wearing was going on? Right, and especially, you know, when you're getting free drinks, you're going to take your mask down to, to drink that drink. So as safe as you can try to be, it's not really that safe. And that's kind of what's going on with the avalanche, right? They're trying hard to be safe and trying hard to get COVID protocols going and keep space between players, but they continue to have players fall into the protocol list. Most recently, Miko Rantanen. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy that the avalanche now are the only team to have to go into a COVID pause twice. So they're breaking all the records this year. They got a great goal differential. They're on a 17, two and one run their best in franchise history. Grubauer won a bunch of games in a row. Now he's on COVID protocol. Rantan's on COVID protocol. Giannis Donskoy's on COVID protocol. Bowen Byram just came off after being on for 10 days. I have a lot of questions. We don't have many answers. We have not spoken to the Avalanche or really gotten any updates since the pause was announced. No media availability, uh, no responses from PR uh, that I reached out to Avalanche sources uh, over this past week. Um, nobody really knows what's going on. And I'm kind of, you know, I, I'm having this COVID fatigue as a journalist of trying to figure out exactly how things work. Because, for example, I mentioned last episode that. Philip Grubauer went onto the COVID protocol list and he's going to be on there for 14 days before doing a cardiac test and then coming off, starting to do off-ice workouts, then on-ice workouts, practice, game, he's ready to go. Bowen Byram tested positive for COVID-19. We confirmed that. We knew that. He came off the COVID list yesterday being Monday, 10 days after going on. So is it 10 days, 14 is it 14 because he's a goalie, so their COVID is different based off their position? <laughs> How does it work? I don't know. Once we speak to the Avalanche and Jared Bednar, I will look to get confirmation. It's just a lot going on. Miko Rantanen's on it now. So did he test positive later? Was he exposed to it? We don't know because the Avalanche didn't put out any kind of thing saying that somebody else has tested positive this week. So Rantanen could very well be an exposure thing. It could be a seven-day thing. There's no saying. And, and and on top of all of those questions, the other question is the Avalanche got a vaccine shot last week. 
I'm assuming it was the first shot because before that, Bednar was constantly saying that they were looking into getting their vaccinations. I'm assuming it wasn't the Johnson & Johnson one poke because that has since been taken taken out of circulation, I guess. So it was likely a Pfizer or a Moderna, the first of two shots. As many of you know, if you're getting vaccinated, there are two shots. Uh, I'm between one and two right now, but you're not really vaccinated until you get the second shot. So the Yavs got the first one and then fell into a COVID hole. You got to think that the Rantanen thing is probably more of an exposure, because if I recall correctly, at the beginning of the season, he was uh, in a more severe protocol, right? I think so. I think so. If I remember correctly, Rantanen had it at one point. I know Eric Johnson had it beginning of the year. So did Keaton And Landeskog had it. All kind, They all kind of had it right at the same time. Land, yeah, Landis, Landeskog didn't have it. Landeskog went into COVID protocol because of an exposure thing. And that was remember that? That was around the time when him and Burakovsky and Rantanen were watching that Sweden watching game together. Watching the again. World Juniors, yep. yep. The Sweden-Finland game. I asked Landeskog straight up when he came off the protocol if he had it, and he said, I did not have it. So it was likely Eric Johnson or Keaton Middleton or, or Philip Grubauer. This is the second time Grubauer's on the list. He was there beginning of the year. Um, I don't know. It's it's all it's all a big question. Uh, I was really happy when the season started because we thought we were going to hear when players have COVID and things like that. It wasn't going to be the unfit to play thing from the bubble. Um, but it's kind of been like this wonky thing where they don't really say if it's COVID or an exposure and what kind of thing. And that bothers me because it's like the Avalanche tweeted last week, a player or staff member has tested positive for COVID. Thus, we have canceled morning skate. The very first time they won, they did it with Byram. Then the very then after the game, we asked Bednar and Bednar actually confirmed Byram had COVID or Byram had tested positive. So we knew Byram had tested positive. But if Bednar didn't confirm it in my head as a journalist, because we can never assume things, we have to go based off of facts and confirmed sources, is for all we know, the equipment guy could have gotten COVID. And the only guy that was exposed was Byram. So Byram's on the COVID protocol list, but a staff member, friggin' Ron Knabenbauer for all like it, just anyone within the organization got COVID. And then Byram was exposed, but he confirmed Byram had it. And then we later got confirmation Donskoy had it. Um, I'm assuming Grubauer had it just based off of what, what Bednar said about the 14 days and the cardiac test. Maybe Rantanen does. Maybe he doesn't. It's all just a big question mark. Right. The timing of the Donskoy one is the biggest question mark for me, right? Because that was from the day they got their vaccinations and the day everybody was kind of yeah. complaining that they didn't feel good and suddenly Donskoy is in protocol. <laughs> so did he actually receive the vaccination? Was he heading into protocol maybe the day of or the day before that they got the vaccination? That's what I'm kind of confused and, about. And like I said, it, it takes it takes both shots to be vaccinated. So it's very, very normal to get your first shot and then, well, not very normal, but it is possible to get your first shot and then, and then get covid test positive for covid 19 it's a very normal thing that's why there's two shots the part for me that's a bit of a that that's not a bit of a question but was a little bit of a sigh of relief is when the avalanche were shut down they were shut down because let's face it as far as we are concerned based off of what i'm pretty sure has been confirmed by now byram tested positive on friday the 9th then they played friday and then i believe the following not monday but wednesday against st louis Grubauer tested positive. And then Friday, which was supposed to be against LA, Donskoy tested positive. So after that third one, over seven days, they shut down the avalanche. What I was looking to this past weekend was Saturday and Sunday to wake up and see seven or eight or nine more avalanche players on the COVID list. Because now three guys have had it. What if it starts to go through the team? Like Vancouver, like in the past, Buffalo and New Jersey. The fact that that didn't happen is a good sign. Because teams have been shut down for COVID, the Avalanche being one of them, Minnesota Wild being another one, and have come back from it and have been able to recover. But the teams that got into those deep COVIDs that that went through the team, like we always talk about the Blues in the playoffs last year, like New Jersey, like Buffalo, now Vancouver, they've never really recovered from it. It's affected their season. Not that Buffalo was having a great season, but it wasn't as bad as it has been since that COVID uh, outbreak. And same for the Devils. So... That was a good thing, but again, it's 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 a big question mark. It's it's really it's it's hard to keep up with. And Vancouver got it bad. I feel like Vancouver was the Terrible. NHL's nightmare heading into the season. Worst case scenario is exactly what went down in yep. Vancouver. And they just recently got their season started again. And they right now they're tied with Toronto. They beat Toronto the other night in their first game back. 
And many people were saying, you know, what what are they even doing coming back? Why are they, why is the NHL forcing this? So that immediately, once I saw the avalanche back in a COVID protocol and now thus missing more games of the season or at least postponing them, it makes me think of what's supposed to happen in the playoffs. If this is in the middle of the second round and suddenly a team experiences an outbreak, how are they supposed to put in a 14, even 10-day window in between games during the playoffs? It sounds it sounds like a huge ask and almost impossible. So that's the thing. A lot of teams ever since uh, these COVID outbreaks have been happening, a lot of teams have been going out of their way to get vaccinated. Tampa Bay was one of the first teams where, where players, I think it was Tyler Johnson, openly said, or, or maybe it was Braden Point, I forget, but they openly said, we are working to get vaccinated before the playoffs start. So teams are doing that. The Avalanche are another one. If they got their shot last Tuesday, if it's Pfizer, they got one more week till their second shot. If it's Moderna, they got two more weeks. Either way, it's before mid-May, before the playoffs. I I can confidently say with no sources, this is a straight up assumption on my on my end, a prediction, but I can confidently predict or assume that every team heading into the playoffs or in the playoff race right now is looking to get vaccinated for that very reason. And I would not be surprised if Gary Bettman's out there saying, push for this. And I'm sure some players aren't going to want to get it, but hey, you just need 70%, right? The whole herd immunity thing. And if one or two players don't want to and they end up getting COVID, well, that's why you have a taxi squad. But you just don't want it to be an outbreak going through your team. So you want to get a majority of them vaccinated, which I'm going to assume most of these teams going into the playoffs are doing exactly that for this reason. And because it's a human thing, like you want to get vaccinated regardless, not just for hockey. Right. It kind of feels like the uh, opposite of what happened in the bubble, right? It was like, okay, yeah, you have the option to not play in the bubble and you have the option to stay safe. But are you going to leave your team hanging here? You have the option to get the vaccine and you have the option to stay safe. Are you going to leave your team hanging by not getting it? Right? Yeah, leave so, it leave it to hockey culture to be like, it's about the logo on the front, not the name on the back. Go get poked. Like, leave it to hockey culture to <laughs> to turn the vaccine into into that. And and this is coming from someone who's obviously pro-vax, getting vaccinated and is, you know, three days away from his second Pfizer shot. So uh, it is an interesting case. I don't know if it's going to happen in the playoffs. I would hope not where you have shutdowns like this. But you know what? Even if it does... Let's not pretend the NHL is not ready for this, man. Let's not pretend in the bubble. I mean, the bubble went way better than anybody ex- expected. Like, we were not thinking it was going to be that good. Help players like Travis Hamannick didn't even go into the bubble because they were scared for their health. And then the funny thing is, halfway through the bubble, I think we made the joke on this podcast that players in the bubble playing hockey were safer than the general public that stayed home. Like, Travis Hamannick could have very well gotten COVID at, like, a Walmart staying home rather than being in the bubble playing hockey, for example. Um, That's not the case anymore. It's different now. But you know the NHL had to have prepared for this in the bubble, and they have something going right now. Um, I feel bad for them, man. I feel bad for the league. It's literally been, what, 390 sleepless nights probably for Gary Bettman and his crew trying to navigate this thing. It's it's a very different thing we've been experiencing. And I'm not going to go into that whole spiel. We've all been living this for over a year now. But... I don't know what's going to happen if it happens in the playoffs, but I'm sure the NHL is ready for this. Yeah, it was funny going through the uh, Hockey DB earlier today just of of the Avs teams, right? I was on the page of every single Avs team in history, and you see the divisions, and it's just Pacific, 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 Central, 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 Honda West. And I can't (laughs) wait for 25, 30 years in history us looking back and be like, Honda West. What, what the hell is a Honda? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. What a year. What a freaking year. Um, so that being said, you know, give us an update. When? What will the schedule actually look like when they return? And when are they supposed to return here? So they are expected to return, I believe, tomorrow to practice, April 21st, which is when many of these people are going to be listening to this podcast. And then they are projected to play on Thursday at St. Louis. This was the second of what was supposed to originally be a three-game series now turned into a two-game series because you and me are recording at 8.15 p.m. Mountain Time on Tuesday, April 20th. The Avalanche should be early in the second period right now, but that game has been canceled against the Blues. If something changes between now and Wednesday, when most of you are probably listening to this podcast, I'm sure we'll, we'll tweet about it. But as of right now, the Avalanche are scheduled to play Thursday against the Blues. 
yeah, they still have 11 games to get in. So, um, you know, I think it's going to be hectic trying to squeeze it in towards the end of the season here unless they do kind of delay the, the start of the playoffs and create that extra buffer. But, you know, it's, it's just kind of frustrating that it's this late in the season. And, of course, who knows if they're actually going to get going here barring any more COVID positives tomorrow morning. Yeah, uh, and, and that's that's what we're waiting for. The Rantanen thing kind of threw a, a damper into what I thought was going to be a for sure restart Wednesday, Thursday, mm-hmm. um, because who knows now? I mean, the players are isolated from each other. They have been since, supposedly, they have been since last Friday, and, and, and now it's Tuesday when Rantanen went on the list. So is it an exposure from him? Is it something from outside of hockey, from inside of hockey related? What, did it just take a few days for the symptoms to show and the test to come back positive for him? Who the hell knows? We'll find out Wednesday, and that will ultimately determine what happens. But like I said, fingers crossed, just like I said a little bit ago, that it's not an outbreak going through the team. Because number one, it's a human element of you hope everybody's safe. But number two, those are the hardest to recover from when it hits a majority of your team. Well, let's look at what the Avalanche are going to look like when they do return. Because after the last time they had their protocol break, um, they came back and they weren't really the strongest team. I mean, they were still kind of ups and downs and injuries and still kind of frustrating us here at this podcast with the way they were playing up to that point. And they came back from COVID protocol. Granted, they had to play Vegas four times in a row. That's crazy. Um, I can't believe that. You know, they basically came back at about a 500 record for through their first six games. Yeah, so the thing is, when I look back at their COVID schedule coming out of that first COVID break in February, it's kind of crazy because they lost one nothing to Vegas on Valentine's Day, and that was a game where they actually played pretty well. It was a goalie battle. Then they beat Vegas on the 16th. Then they went into the outdoor game at Tahoe and beat them there in a game that spanned 17,000 hours. And then uh, they got shut out at Ball Arena by Vegas. Then they, you know, they lost that crazy game to Minnesota that you were at. And then they beat Arizona on back-to-back nights, one of which was the Hunter Miska game where they were up 3-0 and won 3-2. Moral of the story, when I look at those scores, when I look at those games, I see the same Avalanche team that we had seen in January. I don't know if COVID really affected them much. I mean, we've seen in the NHL right now, not a lot of teams come out of COVID winning games. Uh, Vancouver did against Toronto, which was pretty impressive. They were off from... March 24th until April 19th, like almost an entire month. And it ravaged their team with this, you know, this different variant. And they still came out and won. But you don't always see that. And with the Avalanche, no, they didn't win that first game. They did win the next two. But it wasn't necessarily a case of them being or looking any different than what we saw in January. So I'm really curious what happens. I don't think the Avalanche are going to come out and win another, you know, 10 in a row or whatever the hell streak they're on right now, 17-2-1. But I'm really curious how much this break is going to affect them because I don't think last time really affected them. They looked like the same inconsistent, like you said, frustrating team that we were seeing prior to that first COVID pause before February 14th. Yeah, I mean, the team really only put one month together and they strung a ton of wins together during that month. But you'd hate for this to be the momentum killer right you hate to this to jump in in between and suddenly they're back to square one and kind of have to get their legs under them and get the feel for a game again you'd hate you'd hate for that to hold them back in the standings too and suddenly they drop a couple points because of it but you know you got to think that they're still feeling high on themselves they're still probably going to be playing with confidence so absolutely um you know they're in the playoffs they just got to get back to uh playing the way they were all march yeah, and, and right now the thing is with the Avalanche, they have 20, not sorry, not sorry, not 20, 13 games left of the regular season. That's plenty of time to get your feet back under you. So there is no doubt in my mind they will do that. The question that I have is related to the standings. You don't want this COVID break to be the reason why you don't end up having first place in the division. So Vegas right now is two points up on the Avs, but the Avs have two games in hand. So are they going to catch the Golden Knights? Who knows? Vegas is 8-2 and two in their last 10. Colorado's 9-1. and one. They're still the points percentage leaders. Uh, they still have two games against Vegas as well. Or is it four? No, it's four. They have four more games left against Vegas. Um, so plenty of... I, I'm seeing two. Is it two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had, the, they had that series in March as well. So they had the four straight in February and the series in March. So... They have two more games against Vegas. They have plenty of time to catch them. Like I said, they got two games in hand and only two points back. So if it's it's a matter of getting your legs under you and you lose a game or two here against LA or whoever, that's fine. 
you just don't want to go into the playoffs thinking that we are not in first because of that second COVID pause. So it's it's going to be a very, very interesting last 13 games. But I know these guys are confident in themselves. I know, I know, I know the fans are confident. Everybody around the NHL is worried about them, including Vegas. Uh, as long as it's not an outbreak that kind of goes through the team, I think they're in a good place. And the other side of the spectrum, we spoke last week about how for Philip Grubauer, he's only going to have a couple games by the time he came back from protocol to get his this. leg back under him and get back into playoff shape. But now he's going to yeah. have the full slate that he was expected to. Exactly. So. If, he, if he goes on COVID for 10 days, like Byram was, which maybe it's 14, maybe it's 10, I don't know. But he was added to the list Wednesday. Again, we're recording on April 20th. Tomorrow will be Wednesday the 21st. That'll be seven days. Eight, nine, 10 will be, you know, Saturday. So by next Monday, he could very well be ready to go. Um, so he's going to miss two, three, four games rather than seven, eight, nine. So mm-hmm. that is a good thing. It gives him more time to get his feet wet. And it gives Bednar the ability to have both Dubnik and Grubauer to kind of sift between the two as needed heading into the playoffs. What I'm curious as to Nathan McKinnon's reaction when they had to be placed on protocol again. I can Roll almost envision him just spike, spiking another water bottle like he did that yeah. one. That was my. That's how I pictured it. He's just like, down. are you afraid? And we already know McKinnon's just sick of this. He's sick of the schedule. He's sick of the travel. The same seven, eight teams in California and in Arizona and in Vegas. And he's just ready for it to be done. We all are, Nate. Um, but he also wants to win a Stanley Cup. It's been 20 years since the last one in Denver, and, and McKinnon wants that cup. Landis Gog does. They're going to come out strong. I just, I just, something about this feels like they're going to come out strong. This just, to me, it suddenly feels like Nathan McKinnon's year. And that's because, like I said, I spent the weekend up in Blackhawk, played a ton of roulette, and number 29 hit, <laughs> oh, hit for me so many times during this weekend. That I walked away a winner. I don't think I've ever walked away a winner from Blackhawk. But if you want to walk away a winner, you better download DraftKings Sportsbook if you haven't already. And especially because this weekend, there's some UFC going on. Uh, Masvidal and Usman put on a show like put a, put on a show the last time they stepped into the octagon. Round two is sure to pack a punch. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, is putting you in the center of this weekend's title fight with 26 to 1 odds on either title contender to reign victorious. Pick either main event fighter to win during this weekend's UFC 261 title fight, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 26 to 1 odds. Just bet $5 on either fighter to win, and if they walk out with the belt, you will win cash of $130 in free bets. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test, which clearly I have none, than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if MMA isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds, promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more. They oh my do. God, they said hockey. I know, they actually did. We got acknowledged. How, how, how exciting. Hallelujah. Shout out DraftKings. But, but they're right. There's always a odds boost promo for NHL games every single day so I always skip straight to those and they're always really fun my partner of the hockey show Ryan Bolding he loves to hit them they're always something unique like probably tonight something would have been like Toronto Maple Leafs to win and Austin Matthews gets two points so they're always something unique with really great odds something fun like that plus DraftKings is safe secure and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up to turn $5 into $130 in free bets if the title contender of your choice wins. Place your bet and watch the fists fly this weekend. That's code MHS to turn $5 into $130 in free bets if the fighter of your choosing takes home the crown for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKing.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I watch a lot of UFC, and I've I've won a lot of money on Khabib Nurmagomedov winning fights. Shout out to him. He's a beast. Um, And they say hockey player names are hard to say. I know. Khabib Nurmagomedov. I mean, in in Arabic, it's Habib, but, you know, Khabib. Habibi? uh, Habib, yeah, basically. So uh, that that's what his name is minus the last I. So it's Habib Nurmagomedov. But uh, um, I'm cool with placing bets on MMA. Uh, I just don't want to hear or see any more Jake Paul. 
on my TV ever again after this past weekend. So hopefully we can get past that guy. He's a boxer fighting everything but a boxer in a boxing rink, and it's getting kind of stupid. It so, said, I'm a boxing fan. I really enjoy boxing. It's and more, it's, it's, it's like a shame to the sport. Well, <laughs> yeah, and it seems like that's the future of the sport. Is suddenly it's going to be celebrities yeah. because that's what's drawing the most money because yeah. suddenly boxers are, have turned into nobody. Sure, you have the guys that are at the top um, of of the tier, you know, like the Anthony Joshua's and Tyson Fury's. Love and him, love him. Deva- Deontay Wilder's. Such, such an animal. Right, but after that, there, you know, it, there's no I, one. It's literally yeah. those three names. Those are the only three names left in boxing. And then right. Floyd Mayweather, who comes out of retirement every five years because he burns through his savings. Yeah, um, but that's another <laughs> th- thing. We boxing needs Mayweather to come out of retirement because there's nobody else to really put on the big shows anymore. I mean, I like Canelo, but he doesn't really put on the big shows. Mayweather just attracts the fans, and that's that's what it's about, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, he's not the most entertaining fighter, regardless. Uh, so, it's uh, I don't know. It's 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 the sport has turned into that. In my opinion, it's because UFC and MMA has become so big that the fighting scene has switched to that. More people know who Conor McGregor is today than they know who Anthony Joshua or or, or Wilder or Fury are, and that's uh, that's that's just the way it's gone. Um, I feel like those very prestigious sports, the boxings, even the golfs, they're changing more towards like a different culture, different type of game, different type of brand. A hundred percent. I was watching. Uh, sorry to interrupt you. No, go for it. Uh, I was watching. I do it all the time. <laughs> I was watching an old uh, documentary on golf the other day, uh, right before the Masters. Right, I was waiting for the Masters to start, and it was kind of a, a pregame show, if you will, and it was old footage and. All the golfers back in those days were old. Like they were old yeah. guides. They were in their 40s and 50s. And now what you have, you got a lot more younger golfers fresh out of college. And you're right. It's 100% a, a different culture. It's more entertaining for golf. It's personality now. Yeah. It's yeah. personality. And, and we even saw it in the in the thing last year during the pause or during the pause, during the pandemic when the, the Peyton Manning and Tiger Woods and, Pey- and uh, who else was in it? Tom Brady. And Phil Mickelson, when they had their thing, that was entertaining. That was fun. They were all mic'd up. It was hilarious. They were chirping at each other and chirping back at Chuck in the studio. Celebrity uh, golf. It was, yeah, it was celebrity golf. And that's kind of the way that sports are going. Um, for those for those older school traditional sports, I mean, we're seeing the MLB made a couple changes and people are pissed off because nobody wants to touch the sanctity of the game of baseball. And, you know, we saw... You know, rest in peace to the Super League, April 19, 2021 <laughs> to, to April 20, 2021. That lasted a whole 24 hours before literally the entire world was outraged. And the Super League, backed by JP Morgan Bank and all of the money involved in it, billions of dollars were like, yeah, no, people are going to kill us if we do this thing. So, you know, shout out to them for actually, you know, protesting their way into something not happening sports fans in america could never do that so it's just the way sports are going nowadays is there a market for celebrity hockey do you think people would watch that i think the problem with yeah. that is that i know there's a handful of celebrities that play hockey but with hockey more than any other sport there's a huge discrepancy between people who are good and people who aren't good it's, so it's it might be a bad product but hey streaming twitch you you never know these days Remember the all-star game in L.A. when Chris Pronger checked Justin Bieber to the boards and he's got that (laughs) picture face? That's that's the closest we're ever going to get to it. Uh, Celebrity golf, you know, as as much as Peyton Manning and Tom Brady are not the biggest personalities in the world and were kind of goofy, but they were still entertaining. I mean, Peyton's entertaining just because his voice is hilarious. Um, Even though that wasn't the most entertaining guys it was still an entertaining golf thing and i know we've seen like spit and chicklets put on their uh their sandbagger invitationals and they had crosby mckinnon and other guys and you know hayes and all those are probably big hits those are big hits and those are fun but like when i think of like hockey and entertainment all i could picture in my head is like john Tavares and 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 uh Taylor Hall and all of these like bland personalities, even Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, like just these bland personalities trying to like entertain the public. And they're like, okay, just, just go back to playing <laughs> hockey. Like that's what you're good at. But by the way, this is the way the episode's going to go because everybody's on COVID protocol right now. I, I, this is, this is a hockey podcast in the middle of a playoff race in 2021. We're talking about golf, soccer, everything, but avalanche games that are not happening right now. 
Exactly. So <laughs> that transitions with us a team nicely. that may win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, and we're only we're what only three weeks away from when the playoffs are supposed to start, and here we are talking Allegedly. boxing Mountain High and, and golfing Mountain <laughs> High. Um, but yeah, let's let's transition into uh, Patrick Marlowe. I think that was really the biggest conversation around the hockey community Absolutely. this week. So um, obviously, everybody's amazed by it. It's tru- truly. Uh, you know, just jaw dropping that he can play that many games and still be in the condition that he's in. I I feel like he kind of did it subtly, right? It was kind of, in my opinion, just came out of nowhere. Like, whoa, he's about to break this amazing record. I don't, I guess I just never kept my eye on this. Yeah. And a lot of people did keep their eye on it, but it was just not the, it will not, it was, it was not the same as, you know, the hype that we're seeing with Alex Ovechkin, for example, with all the goals mm-hmm. that he's scoring and, and chasing the power play goal record, which he's close to beating Dave Andrzejczyk's record. And, and then the total goals, obviously with Wayne Gretzky and, and just climbing the rack, the, the, the ladder since he scored 700, um, people have been talking about it. The crazy thing about Patrick Marlowe is that first of all, 1,768 games is a lot of NHL games. That's more than two times as many games as Peter Forsberg, just just to give you an example. Uh, you know, there's other guys like Joe Sackick and Joe McGinley that played in the 1200s and 1300s and whatever, but it's a lot of games. And the craziest part about it is that he's at 899 straight games of an Ironman streak that started in the 09-10 season. Patrick Marlowe, prior to that 899 games, was already around eight to nine hundred games and eleven years into his career. Yeah, and I he's mean, he's basically had a second career since. What the the things that he's been through in the NHL and the amount of changes, right? And I mean, I, I watched his a little footage package today on NHL Network for him, and they showed a highlight of his first career goal. And just looking at the goalie and how much goaltending he's and his first career goal was an absolute snipe, by the way. Yeah, I, um, I saw that video too. But the, the goal, the goalie was so little, and you know he's just seen so many changes in the rules and and the playing styles, and the fact that he's still this pretty much the exact same player, and it was able to be timeless throughout these last so many years i mean 1997 era yeah. what, how old what were you doing in 1997 i was three and a half years old yeah. <laughs> i was three and a half years old pretending i knew what hockey was you know slapping around a wooden stick at the time you know talking about how i'm an avalanche fan not knowing really much about anything in the world <laughs> and right. patrick marlowe was drafted and playing nhl games right it's, exactly. it's crazy it's just crazy to think how long how much he's been through and 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 even when I think about so did you see the video where he gets choked up after the game Drew Remenda of the of the Sharks feed was asking him questions and what keeps you coming back and he kind of got choked up like there's nothing better than coming back to the rink and just he started to to soak in that moment he was tearing up he was choked up and just you know I I, I love it I truly love it the emotional toll it takes on a player to play 1,768 games is already crazy the emotional toll it takes to be on the Sharks. During all those years, a team that could have won many Stanley Cups but didn't win any, a team that, let's say over ten years, I don't have you know I haven't Googled it to know the exact years, but over you know a certain amount of years, took the captaincy away from him, gave it to Joe Thornton, and then and then took it away from him and gave it to Rob Blake, and then I think they gave it back to Marlowe, and then they gave it to Pavelski, and then they gave it to Couture. They just handed it around, and Marlowe's just sitting there like, "Do you love me? You hate me? You... He's like a flower picking up. They love me." They hate me. They love me. They hate me. And just picking those petals until the last petal, and it was, they hate me. And then he signed in Toronto, and then a new petal grew, and it was, they love me, and they brought me back. And then traded me to Pittsburgh, and then brought me back. And it's, it's been a lot. And throughout all of that, he's been to one Stanley Cup final. He's been to a few more Western Conference finals and has never won a cup. Right. What's crazy and for him to, to still love the game, almost 1,800 games, it's, it's, it's crazy. It, it's fascinating to me how you see that footage of him when he was 18 and he just looks like a very developed, very mature 18-year-old, definitely way more than me. I think I looked like I was 15 when I was 18 yeah. years old. So, And then you look at him now and he, he hasn't aged that much, right? So for him to develop and age that quickly in the first third of his life and then to kind of just plateau and still be able to be this physical specimen all the way till his current age is insane. And just, again, some more facts about how long he's been in the league since his first NHL game which like you said was in October of 1997 Kale McCarr was born one year after that (laughs) Tyson Jost 
Sam Gerrard, Connor Timmins, all born after Patrick Marlowe played his first game in the NHL. I think I saw a stat it was 18% might have been the number of the NHL has wasn't alive when he was uh, playing his first game. Bowen Byram, I, I, obviously I was looking at all the uh, players' birthdays as I prepared for this podcast, and Bowen Byram really threw me off, right? Because everybody was pretty close to that 1997 threshold, right? You had a couple guys yeah. up and down. You had a lot of 92s. The Avs got a lot of 92s. But then Bowen Byram, June 13th, 2001, which means he was born four days after the Avalanche's last Stanley Unreal. Cup. Unreal. Oh, that just blows Around my mind. Around the time, mind. they were you know, going around Denver with the Cup having a parade. That's right. crazy. That's so crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the 10 years before that are the reason I love hockey, and he didn't get to live through any of that, which is crazy. Yeah. You know, there's obviously other reasons that made him love hockey, but, uh, you know, the my favorite thing about hockey in the world is something he'll never know about because well, think, he was think born about, way too think, late. Yeah, think about life in general. Bowen Byram was not even 90 days old when 9-11 happened, and that's something we can recall as a world event, and it's something that he reads in a history book in high school. Yeah, good point. Yeah, that's something that's affected us, you know, personally literally has affected each and every one of us yeah and it's crazy that it's crazy to see that and that's kind of how long marlo has been around since 97 october 1st 1997 that means the avalanche had just come off of a stanley cup and we're still playing at mcnichols arena right and then the fact that he was such an iron man throughout his entire career and we're talking like he's over i mean he can easily come back and play next year too so he just might i i don't know if he's going to be done after this year because of the way this year has gone with the no fans i think he's going to want his final hurrah which means if he does come back he's going to hit 1800 maybe 1850. so that brings me to what i wanted to do next and i did not discuss this with you because i did not want you to prepare but we're going to have an on the spot game show for you here Arif and we're gonna play it like the price is right and this is all in honor of Patrick Marlowe's game count right so what I'm gonna do is name off a couple players on the avalanche and I want you to guess their game count right now but I want you to do it without going over you you can't go over just like the price is right as you can see no no phone I'm standing three feet away from my laptop looking at a screen I got nothing Let's let's see how I do. This is right. this is interesting. We're gonna start with Captain Gabriel Landeskog. He just hit his two hundredth goal recently. He's probably got like five hundred ish points. He's been around for almost nine years. Uh, Seven twenty. Let's take off some injuries. Six hundred and forty-five. That. Was so good. Six seventy four is the correct answer. Holy crap! So ding ding ding. Arif, come to the stage. You yes. are participating. I hope I get to play Plinko. <laughs> and next, <laughs> next player we're going with Miko Rantanen. All right. So he played nine games his first year, and then he was around for seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. We'll say 80, 80, 80. That's 80, 160, 240, 250. Uh, add 50 games last year, 300. Add another 40 games this year. He's at 338. Oh, so close. But you busted. You went over. You lose this round. You're so you're one and one. 324. Oh, is the my answer. God. Okay. I didn't, I didn't count enough injuries. 24. I, I'm a math nut, so bring it. Let's see what you got. You're doing really well so far. I, I love this. Now let's, it's going to make it a little harder on you here. Eric Johnson. Oh. All right. So Eric Johnson's been around forever. He got drafted 15 years ago. He missed the entire year because he didn't know how to drive a golf cart. I'll also Uh, add he's the closest to Patrick Marlowe in games played in the NHL. Well, yeah, he's been around for 14 years, even though he's missed. On the avalanche, that is. On the avalanche. So had he played a full 15 seasons at 80 games, you would be looking at 800 plus half of that you would be looking at 1200 games he missed an entire season he's missed a ton since i'm gonna say 790 (laughs) the correct answer is 780 oh my god so close but you lose (laughs) that's great two you're one and two all right we're gonna give you two more here two more see it carl soderberg oh crap this one's a little bit tougher. 
He played, he had 157 points with the Avalanche. I'm trying to remember how many games he played in that press release. He was here for 16, 17, 18, 19. He probably played over 200 and he probably played around 230 games because he didn't miss many. 80, 160, 240, 320. No, he probably played closer to 300. Probably like 290. At a couple years in Boston, 390, we'll say 430. At Arizona last year, we'll say 500. I'll stop at 522. That's a pretty good guess. 587. You okay. Are, okay. You're, you're doing pretty well. So two and two. Here's the rubber match. Let's see it. Don't Phil- say Nemeth. Philip Grubauer. Oh, crap. Okay. All right. Grubauer has played no more than 37 games in a season. I can't remember when his rookie season was. Roughly 30 this year, 37, 38. So we'll say 100. I'll say 105 with the Avalanche. I know he just recently hit his 100th game, maybe 110. 181. 207. So you hit it. Oh, nice. Three and two. Good job. Nice work. It, you win the game. I am a damn That was nerd. awesome. That was impressive. <laughs> you really got to flex on him, too, with a lot Holy of crap. weird memories. Is there anybody on the team that you're just curious about, just to, you know, since we're talking about games played here? I thought you were going to throw me a curveball like a Patrick Nemeth, which you kind of did with Soderberg, but someone like Nemeth, who's been in and out of waivers and on a bunch of teams, and it's someone like that would have really probably hurt me. I, I was thinking about throwing Matt Calvert in there. I thought that would have been a tough one. Oh, that would have been a good 566, one. which I, is a lot. And then when I was doing the birthday thing, I didn't realize he's about seven months younger than I am, and he looks like he's, oh, wow. uh, he's been through a lot. <laughs> He's a stud, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the funny thing is about Calvert is I, I couldn't even begin to predict when he was a rookie. I, I can't say off the top of my head, what, 2012 maybe, 2013, if even? Let's see, I just had it pulled up. I already exited it. Sorry, everybody. No, you're good. You're good. This is this is actually really cool. This is a good, in- rookie good show. Year, I liked it. 2010-11. Okay, yeah. See, I would have never guessed that. Rantanen and Landeskog were easy because I know when they were drafted and they've only played for this team. And I have a general idea of their injury history. Uh, Eric Johnson's a little bit of a curveball because of the St. Louis thing. Soderberg, I know he never played a lot of games before coming over. Soderberg was kind of like, you know, Devon Taves, a late bloomer, came over kind of later in his career or later in his age, but early in his career. Uh, someone like Calvert, I would have never known. It's it's the same thing if Ian Cole was still here. I would have not have been able to say when he started. I know he played with St. Louis. He was part of the, um, I could be wrong. I think he was part of the Halak trade. Yaroslav Halak. That sent Didn't him to St. Have Louis. Time to unpack. Oh Jesus! I don't the know what TSN okay. song guy. But yeah, that's something I complain about <laughs> oh, yeah. every year around trade deadline. I loved the TSN song guy, and for some reason, two oh, of the songs I will just never forget. That one and could it be? Could it be that Marty St. Louis is on the move from Tampa Bay to NYC? Oh, I remember that one. <laughs> I, I love I love what TSN does with their with their draft with not the draft with their trade deadline show because it's turned into such a gimmick because they know that like we're just going to come over here and entertain you. I mean, they've had they've had all sorts of things on there. They, you know, they want, you know, they used to have a monkey help them with playoff predictions back in the day. <laughs> a monkey that has since passed. Well, there's times and you know, like this year, I remember listening to the NHL network during trade deadline and they're like, "Well, still waiting for something to happen." Yeah. <laughs> so, you got to on TV, you got to have something to kill that time, but I I feel like that's the maybe third time I've Sing the saying the uh, TSN song guy on a podcast, so uh, he's always he's always going to be there in my head. I guess That's I'll never funny. forget him. They got to have to bring him back, but obviously derailed. So let's wrap this show up and get no, that that out was a here. good one. I like that one. I just figured since we were talking about Patrick Marlowe, people would think about oh, I wonder what Avalanche are close to at least a thousand games. So that'll help get people have people help people get an idea for how many games some of the players have played but let's wrap it up like we always do with the mile high sports three stars of the week we don't have any colorado avalanche players on this because they haven't been playing so we're going to start off with star number three we're going to give that to nolan foot 
Yes, and I tweeted this right before we started recording. So Nolan Foote, number 25 forward of the New Jersey Devils. He was drafted by the Lightning, and he was part of that Blake Coleman trade last year. 20-year-old son of Adam Foote. He is the second of his two sons, Cal being the oldest one. Scored his first career goal with the Devils today. 20 years later after he watched, well, he didn't watch. But because he was really I was young. just about to say, he probably wasn't born when Patrick Marlowe played his first hockey game. No, he wasn't. He was born in November of 2000. So he was alive, but he didn't really watch because he was so young. Uh, his dad hoisted Stanley Cup in Denver in the middle of a playoff run. 20 years ago today, the Avalanche were in the middle of a playoff run against uh, you know, an, a playoff run that led them to playing the Devils where Nolan Foote plays now. Scored his first career goal. He made his debut last game and had an assist. He's got a goal and assist in his first two NHL games. Shout out to Nolan. He is a hell of a player. He was awesome with Team Canada at the World Juniors, and he is now an NHL goal scorer. Also, check out my Twitter. I, I put up a picture of him standing alongside Adam 10 years ago at what was then called the Pepsi Center, wearing that Captain C Reebok apron jersey alongside his dad, just a young kid, and now he's an NHLer, 20 years old, and has scored his first career goal. Yeah, I mean, he feels like a Colorado product to me, You know, even though it's kind of cheating with his dad kind of being in the mix he, he's not yeah. exactly a, a true colorado native i guess but uh you know just seeing anybody connected to colorado in the old avalanche team and and being back in the news is something you love to yeah. see and he was born in denver colorado because again he was born in november of 2000 so around the time where the avalanche were on that mission towards making the playoffs as the number one seed this was around the time when patrick wall won that game to beat terry sawchuk's record was when adam foot's second son was born it's, it's crazy to think back because I remember those days so vividly. And now this kid's an NHL goal scorer, probably got a nice hefty signing bonus. And I do a podcast from Mile High Sports with some guy named JJ. It's great. Mm. Life is great. <laughs> <laughs> Star number two. We're giving it to the entire team of the Vancouver Canucks for their W the other night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Just because we talked about at the top of the show how tough it was for them, how Brutal COVID treated them during their protocol, and it's just good to see them overcome those obstacles and, and really just fight through that. Yeah, it really is a crazy story. and, and <laughs> I feel bad. Yeah, they really did persevere, and it was a hell of a game. And Braden Holtby stood on his head, had that windmill save where he got the puck. And if you look <laughs> yeah. it up on Twitter, there's a picture of it. It's a beautiful picture. Shout out to Leafs fans because you just knew they were going to lose that game. And Toronto always, you know, the Zamboni driver, the team that was on COVID for 26 days, just all the fun, you know, game seven, giving up a three goal lead against Boston. And then five or six years later, losing to them again. And then again in game seven. And then in game seven again, Kadri suspended. Kadri says, last year they go into the bubble, they lose to Columbus and technically don't even make the playoffs because that was the play in round. So. Shout out to Toronto. You're the butt end of a lot of people's jokes. And, 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 and even though you're this really great team that hell could win the Stanley Cup this year, you could beat the Avalanche even. Um, but on April 19th, you lost to a Vancouver Canucks team that had COVID and, and hadn't played since March 24th. Right. Uh, so shout out to the Canucks for that win. And the opposite of a shout out to the Maple Leafs. Don't bet on them. They're just so inconsistent. You never know what you're going to get on from all right, them all right, night all right, tonight. Come on. I, I already buried them. We don't got to spit on the grave, too. I have a lot of Maple Leafs friends and listeners, so I'm really sorry for going that far. I'm bitter. I'm bitter. All right. But y you can't help but laugh if you're a Leafs fan at this point. I think, S maybe. Star number one, that's pretty easy, and that's a former Toronto Maple Leaf. Patrick Marlowe, right? Yes. Got to give it to him after we dedicated a whole section to a non-Avalanche player. Yeah, I mean, and he's I, just I'm... style, grace, and he's always done it with a smile on his face, and he's just been a quiet, subtle 17, almost 1,800 games. Yeah, and, and I'm so happy I just remembered this. Did you see the video that the Maple Leafs sent out congratulating him? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> it, it could have been a little better executed, but I loved the idea. But I love exactly it. what they were doing. Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews standing in front of a camera, straight face. I think they were wearing masks. I don't remember. Talking about how much they love Patrick Marlowe and congratulations. They obviously played with him. He was like a father figure to them. And in the background is big, bearded, former San Jose Shark <laughs> and teammate of Patrick Marlowe, Joe Thornton, butt-ass naked, obviously blurred taping a hockey stick, just turns, 
looks at the camera like the creepy uncle that he is, <laughs> looks back at Matthews and Marner, doesn't even flinch, and just walks away. It was great. I love it. I love that the Maple Leafs actually had the sense of humor to do that. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I love that Joe Thornton had the sense of humor to do that. He is hilarious. We he is he is one player. If you don't know the reasoning behind this, Google it. I will not get into it. But if there's one player in the NHL that I want to see score four goals in one game just to see what happens, <laughs> it is Joe Thornton. Oh, gross. Um, and yeah, that that makes the camera guy, whoever was holding that camera, you know, he really is the one that deserves the first star if he had to uh, see any wrenches, I guess. Yeah, probably did. Now we're on to wrench talk. We might as well wrap up the show. There we go. Joe Thornton's wrench is probably on the COVID <laughs> protocol list by now. Well, I guess uh, any closing thoughts before we let the people go for a few days and uh, get back to talking Avs hockey, and hopefully we have actual Avs hockey to talk next time. No, I just miss hockey. I miss the Avs. Every time they go into one of these breaks, it's it just feels like forever. You know how there's that one time every season, and it's usually the All-Star break, and now it's twice because of that new bye week thing they've been doing, where it just feels like forever between games? Time no longer means anything because because of COVID, we had a four and a half month pause in the middle of a season, April, May, June, July. Yeah, four and a half month pause in the middle of a season in 2020 and then the playoffs and then a three month off season and then the avalanche went into a pause. They went into a second one. Vancouver just came off. A... Hockey's weird. Life is weird right now. My only closing remark is I, I just come back. I want to watch some avalanche hockey again. We all do. But be safe and come back safely. Yeah, and come back to listen to our podcast because hopefully we're putting on some great content yeah. for you. And I mean, you but, but yeah, show. and Bedner's got a lot of free time right now, so he's obviously listening to this, trying to see what he can take. Uh, then he got to the Joe Thornton wrench talk and threw his notebook and said, I'm, I'm <laughs> done with this. I can't take any more notes about these guys. Well, Bedsy, if you made it this far in the podcast, bless your heart. Don't forget our partners over at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Check them out if you haven't. I don't know what you're doing. If you haven't yet, but hockey's for everyone, and we out you.